the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Most of us understand and know the passage as the Hall of Faith. We'll take a look at this Hall of Faith recorded for us in Hebrews next on Truth For Today. The Hall of Fame. We have the Hall of Fame for a variety of sports and other occupations, but this is the Hall of Faith, kind of the Hall of Fame, scripturally speaking. Be found here in Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 38 through chapter 11. We'll make it to chapter 11 and verse 7 by today and tomorrow, but we begin by taking a look at this supernatural faith on display. Pastor Phil Howard has been talking about faith and how the just live by it, and now the author of Hebrews gives us some amazing examples. Let's explore them together, shall we? Here's Pastor Phil. Let's go to Hebrews 11, but let me read to you, first of all, from that background verse where he said in verse 38 of of chapter 10, he says this verse, But my righteous one shall live by mysticism. Faith, whatever that is. Isn't it positive thinking? If I say the moon is made of cheese, if I believe it hard enough, it's cheese. No, no, no. He doesn't tell you what it is, but he's telling you that the righteous live by it. And we'll, he's going to explain more of what it is. But my righteous one shall live by faith, and if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. We just had a man during the uh, end of the first service prayed to receive Christ in our office as everyone led him to Christ. He chose to believe God. And received eternal life this morning. But we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed to perdition. To shrink back and not believe God is to destroy oneself. It's really ultimately to be separated from God. If you refuse to believe God, the only alternative is to be banished from God. God never rewards those who don't want to believe in him. He, he says... You'll never be bothered with me in hell. I, I give you that promise. Hell is the absence of God. But of those who have faith and preserve or save their souls. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. So what does it say? Faith makes real the future, and it enables me to have a full conviction about things I've never seen. 
I don't have to see it to believe it's real. For by it the people of old received their commendation. By faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God. So that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. By faith Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain. Through which he was commended as righteous. God commending him by accepting his gifts. And through his faith... Though he died, he still speaks. By faith, Enoch was taken up so that he should not see death. And he was not found because God had taken him. Now before he was taken, he was commended as having pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. By faith, Noah, being warned by God concerning events as yet unseen, in reverent fear constructed an ark for the saving of his household. By this, he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. Supernatural faith on display. Three things we want to look at. What is supernatural faith? And he gives a little explanation in verse 1. What is it? Then how does it act? And the rest of the chapter will be telling you what faith does, how it behaves. And so we see how it acts and what it can do. It can believe God about creation. It can make one righteous as Abel. It can let you walk with God as with Enoch. And it can let you believe God about a coming rainstorm when it had never rained one drop on the earth. You can believe God for what you've not yet seen and what is yet future. And then he says there's three things about faith you must know. Three things. One, you cannot please God without faith. Whatsoever is not of faith is sin. Two, you must believe that he is. And three, you must be assured that no one will ever seek God unrewarded. You'll never waste any time seeking God. So what is supernatural faith? The last time we looked... We, there's all kinds of concepts, faith in faith. If I believe it's hard enough, strong enough, motivational seminars, I can make it happen, make it happen. You want to remember this line. This is the essence of a biblical definition of faith. Hear me well. Faith is only as good as the object you trust. Amen. You need to write that down because you won't remember it. And it's too good to lose. Faith, I've got faith in this. I've got faith in that. Biblical faith rests on this. God is the object of my faith. And what he says, that is what I will trust, believe, rely upon. Now, there's two things about this faith. He defines it as saying, 
It is the substance of things hoped for, King James. Here, what does it say? ESV says it's the assurance. That's okay, but let's don't get faith all subjective. First of all, the object is God and His Word. Now, this God and His Word give me substance. And that word substance literally meant foundation. That which undergirds anything. And he said, this faith is a uh, firm foundation that uh, undergirds. Listen, Expositor's New Testament Greek says, foundation upon which we stand, the ground on which one builds a hope. And out of that comes assurance and confidence. God and his word happens to be the substance and foundation of the righteous. They take God at his word. That, that is the foundation of their existence. And this belief does something. It, uh, it enables them to see the future as present. Faith enables the believing soul to treat the future as present and the invisible as seen. He says, Abraham, I want you to leave Ur and go to a city whose foundations are made in the heavens. They died without ever seeing that city, but they believed the city existed. Why did they? Because faith gave them the foundation undergirding that God was telling the truth. And so the future is guaranteed. God has told us we're going to heaven, and none of you have ever seen it. God has guaranteed to you, Jesus is coming again. You've never seen it. You remember what he told Thomas? Blessed are you, Thomas, because you touch the prince in my hands and believe. More blessed are those who believe who have never seen. You don't need to see it. For it to exist. I've not seen most of your brains. But by faith, I believe you have it. That's a little rinky-dink illustration, but you get the point. Then he says, it is the uh, conviction of things not seen. And this word conviction uh, is a courtroom term that meant To prove one's case and to win a verdict against someone so as to convict. Is there enough evidence to convict? That's where this term comes from. And what it says here, faith is based upon the evidence being put out. And there's enough evidence that God exists, that God has acted, that God is there, and that he has not been silent to convict and convince my heart upon proof, upon proof that he exists. And then Hebrews is going to go and tell you, let me give you some of the proof that God's been working in the universe, and let me tell you what he's been doing. See, God is there, and he's not been silent. He's been active, active. So the righteous, those right with God, Say, I know that the foundation of all that I am 
is I am basing it upon the words of this God who is there, and I am convinced he has given enough evidence, proof. He has gone on display by creation. What's the problem then? According to Romans 1, man in his rebellion and in his unrighteousness, he has refused to believe in the true and living God. And it says, in unrighteousness, he suppresses, he pushes down what can be known of God. But what are you going to do without God? Oh, that's easy. We're going to go into the idol business. And we'll create the idols of our own making. And every man and woman wants a God. And so we've made idols that represent our pleasures, our prosperity, how we want things to turn out. And we pray to wood. We pray to metal. We pray to idols that can't hear, can't see, can't walk. The only place they exist is in our imagination. Thus, listen, they worshiped images. Where did the images come from? I created the image between my ears. I will only worship what I can invent. I will only worship what I like. This true God, if he's really there, I can't do as I please. He cares about morals. He cares about business dealings. He cares about life, death. But faith is the foundation to the existence of the righteous and it, we act on the conviction that he's there and that he has spoken. That's what faith is. The foundation and the conviction that God is there and what he has said is true. He's the only one that cannot lie to you. Amen. He cannot. Well, what can this faith do? And he's going to begin. He says, God has witnessed the faith of the Old Testament saints. And so he starts with three saints before the flood. He starts with Abel, one of the first sons born to Adam and Eve. He goes on to Enoch in Genesis 5, who walked with God. And then he starts with Noah, and we skip the Noah story from Genesis 6 through 9. So, look at what verse 3 says, what faith can do. By faith, we understand that the universe was created by time, space, and chance. We believe it was created by an impersonal amoeba, gases, bang, something that created us into the marvelous creatures we are. No, 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 no. We call that nonsense. When you don't believe God, you've got to invent something. If you're always going to a therapist that tells you to go out and have a little adultery, you need an affair that helped your marriage. Well, we said we can do better than that. We've got a God that's trying to get you on his couch. He'd like to tell you what to do. And he doesn't charge. And he won't lie. He says, by faith we understand God created the visible out of the invisible. Now, that's known in Latin as ex nihilo. God alone can take nothing and just simply speak the word 
let there be light, let there be earth, and it happened. This is why, hear me well, young people hear me well. Liberals, philosophy departments, and pagans hate Genesis 1 through 3. They want to rip it out of the Bible. They call it Jewish poetry. They call it mythological invention that all the cultures had a creation story. And so this is the Jewish made-up creation story. No, if the first three chapters of the Bible are not true, none of it's true. We believe the first three chapters God created by a divine word. And he can do that. If you know who this God is and read the description of him, uh, you would see that's not too hard for him to do. So God just spoke it into existence. Now, what's the hardest for you to believe? It came from nothing because there's no one back there. It came by chance. It comes by time. You need a billion years? Well, take a trillion if you need it. It's all a made-up theory anyway. There's no calendar. Throw in an extra billion. And all of a sudden, whoo, here we are. And then we, we people who take God at his word says, no, he was there first. He was before all matter, all time, all space. And he finally decided, you know, let's create something. There's the three of us, Father, Son, and Spirit. Oh, we're in a creative mood. Let's create. Well, what are we going to do? Where are we going to find the, the dirt? Where are we going to find uh, the matter? Where are, we gonna, where are we going to find the stuff for planets? No problem. Just a creative word. Let there be light. Let there be planets. Let there be the sun. Let there be the moon. Let there be man. Let there be animals. Let there be an ocean. Let there be the earth. Uh, no problem. We believe it because he's there and he's revealed himself. That's what faith can do. Faith believes in this divine object called God. And then what else can faith do? Verse 4, and Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain, through which he was commended as righteous before God. Now, this is interesting Scholars debate, why did God accept Abel and not Cain? And probably one of the more popular views is that uh, Abel brought a bloody sacrifice, whereas Cain brought a grain offering. But there's nothing in Genesis that condemns that, them that way because Cain was an agriculture man, Abel was a sheep herder, raised livestock. And there's nothing in the Genesis narrative that tells you that the quality of the offering was the issue. The difference in the issue is one came by faith, and another just came out of perfunctory obligation and did his religious thing and went home. But according to 1 John 3, he was of the evil one, and he hated his brother, and he killed him. You see, the man was not right with God, but he was still religious. He did his religious duties. You know, he, he gave him the offering. 
He, he, he joined the church, and if you let him, he'll get on the board. The devil's got a lot of his kids on church boards. He's got a lot of them running churches. He said in Revelation, they're coming from the synagogue of Satan trying to take over your church. The devil goes to church too. The devil didn't fall in the bar room. He fell in the worship center of the throne of God. Right there. He goes to church. Some feel like he fell in the choir. I'm not sure about that. It's interesting, in Proverbs 15, God said, the sacrifices of the wicked are an abomination to God. The sacrifices of the wicked. What do you mean? I bring the animal sacrifice. I do the alms. I do what the law says, but I'm still wicked in heart. Externalism will never get you to heaven. God doesn't look on what you do, your deeds. He first of all says, do you believe me? Are you coming in faith? Faith made Abel righteous. And he's going right, right off of Hebrews 10. My righteous one shall live by faith. And because we have no revelation in Genesis 4. One, you must bring this kind. In Leviticus, they were accepted for bringing grain offerings. You read it. You could bring grain offering and God would accept it. If the heart was right. A scary verse to me is Proverbs 7, where a seductive, immoral woman, a married woman, she, uh, to, when she makes her pray and makes a play for a man on the street, she says to him these words, uh, Come home. I've got the bed prepared. My husband is on a business trip, and I've paid my vows. I've done, gone to church. And I took care of my religious duties. Now let's do a little sinning. Let's commit a little adultery. It's in Proverbs 7. We've never had such a day where so many people are playing religion and still living like hell. They don't know who to sleep with. They don't know where to hang out because they don't know God. But they know how to play the religious game. And it won't get you to heaven. My righteous ones have been saved by faith. Not by religious external religion. Do all the religion you want. The devil is the author of the world's religions. He's someday going to raise up a man called an Antichrist, the beast of Revelation 13, and the earth will wonder after the beast and worship him. You see, the greatest way to destroy the race is get rid of the true God, but still give the people someone to worship. And he will accomplish that in the tribulation. Well, you can be right with God only by faith. Then he mentions Enoch. Enoch walked with God, and one day they were walking, and God finally just took him and took him from this earth, and he went right to heaven without ever dying. An amazing thing. That a man before the flood could walk with God daily by faith. By faith you can walk and have fellowship with God. The little Sunday school girl was trying to tell the story about Enoch to her parents and they said, tell us the story. And as she related the story, she said, one day God and Enoch were walking together. 
And as they walked, they walked so far that Enoch said, I must go. I've got to go home. And God said, well, we're closer to my house than yours. Come on home. And just translated him just like that. It's an interesting thing that at 65, he fathered a guy by the name of Methuselah. 969 years he will live. And when he dies, the flood comes. McGee often used to say, I think that Enoch begun to walk with God when that baby boy was born. I've heard him say, if a baby can't turn you towards God, there's no need of this skinny preacher tribe. And with that, we come to the end of our time together here on Truth For Today with our teacher and pastor, Pastor Phil Howard. As we close out our program today, we would invite you to contact us. Let us know how the broadcast has encouraged you, has ministered to your walk and relationship with Christ. Now, there are a couple of ways that you can contact us. By phone, obviously the easiest, 855-833-9864. Again, simply call 855-833-9864. You can also write to us at 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278, Hercules, California. 94547 is the zip code. Now, the easiest way to get in touch with us would be through our website, truthfortodayradio.org. Now, as you stop by, you'll be able to drop us an email, but then take advantage of the many resource materials we have available, again, there at truthfortodayradio.org. Or, again, simply call 855-833-9864. Would you also bear in mind this radio broadcast is available through listener support. As you link arms with us financially, we are able to continue the ministry here on this radio station. So please consider that as you contact us. And then come back and join us next time for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Message.